It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast. I'm Zane Nackby. We've got Brian Rennick and Al Sacco and another victory podcast. And it's funny, guys. We were talking about this before the show. I just happen to open like the victory podcast, right? So should I just open the rest of them throughout the rest of the year, right? Like we won't know until like afterwards, right? But I should just do we'll it. Schedule right? it. We'll schedule you to open up after the game. <laughs> hopefully, and, and hopefully that. Hopefully, just the scheduling uh, gets to the football gods ears, right? <laughs> exactly, right. And then we just go undefeated the rest of the year, and then the Niners uh, just have those two losses, and uh, happily ever after we hope we hoist the sixth Lombardi Trophy. You're welcome, 49ers fans, right? So, anyways, before we start, guys, I, you know, Al and I have been doing this for a long time. We've been doing this for six years now, and and Al, like, this is one of the longest podcasts that's been out there. Uh, you know, we remember Bed Arrivals, Oscar, and those guys. They kind of inspired us to kind of step in here and. You know, over the years, we've had a lot of people help out. You know, um, Levin and Stats came in and, and hosted for a year while you were out, Al and Brian now coming in. And, you know, from behind the scenes doing all the work that you did to now being in front of the camera, you know, it's been awesome to, you know, have this short time with you. And I hope that this can be like a forever sort of thing, right, for us to, to this trio here. But, you know, there is there is a big announcement that we kind of want to make uh, to our listeners and to our audience. Uh, and, and it's kind of a big deal for us. And some of you may have noticed if you're watching on YouTube, the little uh, Odyssey icon in the corner. And um, that's because we partnered with Odyssey, who is the second largest radio station, uh, radio company in the U.S. that owns almost 300 radio stations, including 95.7 The Game, which is local to the Bay Area. And it's going to be a a big sort of leap for us in, in the type of content that we can bring you and the exposure and hopefully what we can do into the future. And, you know, this is just, I'm super excited about this guys. It's, it's a big deal for our show. Yeah. It's a super cool opportunity. You know, Odyssey is, is trying to get into uh, the podcast game. And so they have an NFL network of podcasts covering the NFL teams. And we are their 49ers podcast. Your 49ers web zone, no huddle podcast is Odyssey's 49ers podcast. And so super pumped about the, uh, the opportunity and really excited to partner with Odyssey and and see where it takes us. It's uh, the the sky's the limit, right? Here we go. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's been a fun run. It's been a long run. I think we've kind of you know stood the test of time in a lot of ways. Um, and so yeah, it's cool. I'm excited. Excited for the future. You know what else I, I love, guys? Or excited for or whatever. Just to <laughs> this defense. Oh, let's segue. Mm-hmm. I love the defense. And look, I'm a little bit old school, right? So like. Offense is great, and I love winning games 35 to whatever. I love when your defense goes out there and you just know they're going to just – nothing's happening. It doesn't matter what you do. They're not doing anything, and that's what I feel with this defense right now. Listen, week four, and I don't want to hear, well, they haven't played anybody or they've had an easy schedule. You play who's on your schedule, okay? That's the bottom line. This team is first in points allowed with 46, and the defense is only allowed 37 of those. First in yards per play at 3.8, which is insane. Um, first at yard in yards per rush at 2.9. First in yards per, I'm sorry, third in yards per attempt at 5.9. 29 tackles for loss. That's first. 15 sacks, second. 983 total yards. That's tied for first. They've only given up two passing TDs. That's the fewest in the league. Only two rushing TDs. 
that's the second fewest. And their scoring percentage is 18.2 against them, which is first. This defense is absolutely dominating right now and is carrying this team. And it's I, I love it. Like I said, it, it gets me pumped up. I love when I'm watching the games and I'm seeing the quarterbacks look shook. It's been great. And this team can go very far this year because of that unit. Yeah, they're also allowing 0.87 points per drive, which is the lowest number since 1970. So again, just a historic start to the season for a defense that we were we were excited about prior to the season starting. You know, this this was a team where we said, "Hey, the, the defense is going to lead the way." I just don't know that I anticipated it anticipated it leading the way just to the extent that it has so far through these first four games and I tweeted out last night, "I am I am juiced to see this 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 defense go against that Chiefs offense in three weeks. Uh, you know, it's I, I just I, I want full health for both teams and I just want to see, right? The 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 two best, arguably the two best uh squads on either side of the ball. Defensively you've got the 49ers, offensively you've got the Chiefs. Uh I think that's gonna be uh quite the uh quite the extravaganza, if you will. And I'm excited about it. I feel like this is the best 49ers defense that we may have possibly ever seen. And that's not to discount like the, the Super Bowl defenses and, you know, 84 was a very, very good team. And obviously that 89 team was, it was a fantastic team. But in terms of just one unit, I feel like the best, at least in my lifetime, best defense I saw was in 1995 when Pete Carroll was running the defense and there were number, number one league and points and, and yards allowed, I believe. And that was the best defense that I had seen the 49ers have. And I feel like this defense is probably better. And, and the reason why I say that is because it's really hard to have a good defense in today's NFL. It's really hard to play defense in today's NFL with the way that it's officiated, with the way that it's slanted towards passing and the game is slanted towards scoring points. Like it's very hard to have a good defense in the Niners and D'Amico Ryan's like, I will venture out to say that the, that the best coach right now on the coaching staff of the 49ers is D'Amico Ryan's with the job that he's been able to do with that unit. Unbelievable job. There's, been virtually no drop off from Robert Sala to D'Amico Ryan's. I'd argue that they're better under D'Amico Ryan's. Yeah. And with mm-hmm. that being oh, said, like yep. they they put in two back to back like all time performances against really good quarterbacks. Like what they did last week against Russell Wilson was an all time performance, even in a loss. And what they did last night against Matthew Stafford and the defending Super Bowl champs with Cooper Cup, with all the weapons on offense, with Allen Robinson who hasn't performed, but with all the weapons that they have on offense, Tyler Higby. And they absolutely bottled them up. Unbelievable performance again. And on top of that, they scored seven points too with the Hufunga pick, which we'll get into in a little bit. Yeah, I think I want to highlight three guys. And there's been so many players who have been good. Fred Warner, you know, Drake Greenlaw had good games. Just so many players that have been really good. But the three guys I, I want to highlight, Traverius Ward, who we know what E-Man is. E-Man to me is one of the most underrated corners, if not the most underrated corner in the league. And bringing Ward in has given them two really lockdown corners and just made this defense all the much better. So he's sort of elevated their game. Nick Bosa, who is just out of his mind right now, he has six sacks. The guy's on pace for, what, 25 sacks? Something ridiculous. Yeah. He had 16 QB hits. The next closest player has nine, and he's tied for third in tackles for loss with three. He's a beast. I think he's sort of, you know, the straw that, the straw that stirs the drink. I think he's just the most important player on this team. I really believe that. I think he's that good. Um, the other guy is Hufunga, who, look, he has the huge pick six, and this guy has been nothing short of unbelievable. He's been an all-pro to me through the first four games. 
And it's not only it's his intangibles, right? Like he has kind of an instinct for the game. It kind of feels like he's just been absolutely fantastic. He's made a huge difference. And here's a stat that I put out today. Um, I'll tell you a little bit more about the stat, but Hufunga has two interceptions and four passes defended in four games this season. He has four tackles for loss and he's the only secondary player to have more than four tackles. So Joukowsky Tart, who I think is a very good player. I've always said on the show, he's a very underrated player. He had four interceptions in seven seasons and his career high was four passes defended. So that's a, a huge upgrade in terms of ball skills there that you're seeing at that position. Now Tart apparently saw that tweet today and I don't know if he took it very well. Um, Cause he quoted it and I actually, I did not mean it as a knock on him. I think he's a good player. I'm just comparing the two and it is, it's, it's an upgrade in terms of ball skills, but I, I sent Joukowsky a, a, a DM and apologized to him. I don't know if he's going to answer me back, <laughs> but I didn't mean it as a knock to him, but you know, there I you go. Al. just start stirring stuff up. Pissing players off left and right. <laughs> just pissing them off. But no, he, Tart was a terrific player. I always thought, I thought he was very underrated. If he doesn't make that tackle against Green Bay, they're not even in the NFC Championship game. But and no. Jimmy Ward, too, great player, but there's not a lot of turnovers with that unit. And that's something that we always said in the past, if they could turn the ball over a little bit more. And right now we're seeing that with Ufunga, and we're seeing that it is making a difference with the with the two interceptions and the pick six. And if they have sort of a ball hawk guy like that back there, it does change the dynamic of the defense. And I think we're kind of seeing that right now. So those three guys, to me, are players that are, I really think are playing at, at a very, very high level for this defense. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to process really just how dominant this defense has been. I know we threw out a bunch of numbers that, uh, you know, earlier, earlier on and, and uh, Jeff Dini, who, who works for PFF and, and, and tweets about the 49ers. Uh, Nick Bosa had 14 pressures <laughs> against the Rams uh, last night. The Los Angeles Rams as a team had five against the 49ers. So Nick Bosa had almost three times as many pressures as the entire Rams defense. Uh, not only that, but Bosa currently leads the NFL. Now, again, these are PFF numbers, so different different organizations have different numbers. But uh, as PFF charts it, uh, Bosa leads the NFL with 30 quarterback pressures. The next is Micah Parsons with 22. So he has eight more pressures than the next closest guy. Um, he also leads the lead in the league in sacks. Like you said, Al, uh, his pass rush productivity rating is 15.5. His pass rush win rate is 29.3 and his pressure rate. This is absurd. His pressure rate is 25.9. So for wow. every four, uh, every four rushes, he is, he's pressuring the quarterback. Like it's just, it's unbelievable what he's doing. And it's almost like, well, yeah, that's what Nick Bosa does. Like, it just feels like even as a fan, I'm just like, yeah, I mean, for sure. Like I expected that, right? Like this is what Nick Bosa does. And so it's bonkers to me. And, and like you said, uh, Hufunga is, is the other one where it's, you know, arguably the 49ers have two defensive player of the year candidates through the first four games, uh, one being Bosa and two being Hufunga. And not only that, but uh, as PFF rates it, uh, the 49ers have two of the top five rated safeties in the NFL and Tayshawn Gibson and Talano Hufunga, Hufunga being number one. So they don't even have Jimmy Ward, who is arguably their stalwart in the secondary. And here's Tayshawn Gibson, who comes in, and now he's the third-ranked safety in the NFL, and his running mate, Talano Hufanga, is first. So, again, what this defense is doing, it's just – it. I don't want to say it defies reason because there's a lot of talent on that side of the ball. But you also look at it and you go, 
Talanoa Hufunga, fifth round. Charvarius Ward, undrafted free agent. Emmanuel Mosley, undrafted free agent. Dre Greenlaw, fifth round. Fred Warner, third round, right? Bosa, first, second overall. Eric Armstead, first, right? Kinlaw, first. So on that D line, you've got more of it, but they, they are, they have, they have filled out this team with a lot of players that they drafted and that they drafted in later rounds. And it's, it's just incredibly impressive to me. And if you want to extend that, Aziz Al Shire, undrafted free agent. Mm-hmm. Also and true. He's yep. been fantastic as well. I hope he gets yep. better soon. But to that point, so I'm looking, I'm looking at what it's going to look like now because the, the practice windows for both Jason Verrett and Jimmy Ward have opened up as of this week. So, the Niners had the luxury of easing those guys back in. And and we'll get to more of that in the coming weeks in our preview shows, but they just have like a stupid wealth of talent right now on the defensive side, right? It's, it's comical how good they are right now. And I think that, like you guys said, the, the leap that Hufanga made, I feel like for a lot of guys, like it just takes one big play to kind of give them that confidence to understand that they could play at a high level at this level in the NFL. And I really feel like Hufanga was kind of teetering on that all of last year. And that that blocked punt for touchdown that they had in Green Bay in the playoffs that won them that game, I think that that was essentially – well, I mean, it tied the game at the time, but they, they won in large part because of that. I think that that was kind of the jumping-off point for Hufanga that, that really they kind of put him on the map. And he's kind of carried that momentum up into this, this year, and you've seen that huge leap from him from year to year. And I think that it's, it's rare, but it's awesome. I think that – and I tweeted out that this is – this is the next superstar safety in the NFL. And he wears number 20, 29 red and gold. He's the next superstar in the NFL. The way he plays, balls out all the time. You know, that's something that inspires the rest of the defense. And he, him and Debo right now are my two favorite players on the 49ers because of the way that they both play. And we'll get to, we'll get to Debo in a little bit. But guys, I, I had a thought about when Jimmy Ward comes back. And because Al Shair is, is kind of a longest term injury that he'll be missing several weeks, several more weeks. And then after that, he'll need practice time to get caught up. The thought entered my mind that they could possibly have Hufanga play in the box, like play with three safeties, play Ward at his natural position and Gibson at his natural position and just have Hufanga in the box, just as almost like a hybrid linebacker as well. They, because he plays saying, in there they, anyways. They played all 74 defensive snaps in nickel last night. Exactly. All 74 of them. They were in nickel last night. So yep. definitely could be. Uh, an option for sure right exactly and the other option is i mean i you know there's one guy that's just been an unsung hero there's actually two guys they kind of split time in the slot uh diameter lenore did a fantastic job last night i know cooper mm-hmm. cup had like 12 catches but for the most part they bottled him up no right? touchdowns no touchdowns and uh you know before him womack had, had, was fantastic as well so that slot corner position we thought that when when k1 williams left that would be a big hole and it's been just so airtight. And I think that another option you could have is you could put Jimmy Ward down into the slot where he has played before at times, right? So I think the versatility of this defense, the rich are only getting richer. Armstead went out with an injury last night with the plantar fasciitis of his foot. That might be something that we're looking at. But, I mean, just the depth on this D-line. Samson Ebukam had two sacks in the game, the game-clinching sack on the fumble. Revenge game. Hassan Ridgeway had a sack. Like, just unbelievable performance by the defense. That's seven sacks last night. Unbelievable. Yeah, Cup had two. Ebicom had two. 
Yep. Cup had yeah. 14 catches for 120 some odd yards. I know that because I needed a miracle to win my fantasy matchup. And guess what? You got it. I'll take 14 <laughs> catches in the Niners. Is that PPR? Is that a, is that oh, a yeah, PPR? Yeah, PPR? All right. There you go. There you was, go. I, I was pretty happy. I was like, yeah, keep getting those six yards. <laughs> sure. Don't ever score. And it was great. Dude, was he was targeted night. 19 oh, times yeah. last night, guys. 19. Yeah. The Rams don't have anything else right now. Anything else. <laughs> like their next weapon. Allen Robinson has been a huge disappointment. And this Rams team doesn't look good right now. The offensive line isn't good. Um, they're not, I don't think they're really scaring anybody at the moment. It's a long season. But, you know, things are looking up in that NFC West now for the Niners, for sure. Because I don't know how much competition there's going to be, to be honest with you. Well, and that that Rams team really is is built in the model of stars and scrubs, right? Like they've got five guys that they're paying a boatload of money to: Stafford, Cup, Donald, Ramsey. It's just four, right? But mm-hmm. a lot of money going to those four guys, and you see it. You see where it is affecting them. Oh, there's a lot of money going to Allen Robinson too, who, by the way, should probably be arrested for stealing because he has done. <laughs> Nothing. And I know that because I have a lot of stock in him in fantasy and he's done literally nothing for me. So, uh, but I tweeted out earlier. I'm like, are we not to take away from this victory? Cause it is a huge victory. This is a huge victory. Uh, the seventh straight time that they've beaten the Rams in, in the regular season, Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan as a duo have faced the Rams nine times and they are eight and one. And the only time that the Rams have beat them is when Jimmy Garoppolo had a thumb injury and a shoulder injury that later required offseason surgery. So the only time that the Rams have beat Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo is when Jimmy Garoppolo was injured. That is ownage. Own that. I mean, I know that that came in the NFC Championship game, but there's some context there, right? That is ownage, just absolute ownage. And it just, it makes you wonder, is, is this going to be, because we we go down to SoFi, right? Levi South. I got, boy, boy, did I get in some uh, Twitter tuffles with, uh, with some Rams, Rams fans that tried to say that Levi's was SoFi North. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not out of here. my Come timeline. On. But <laughs> four weeks from now, right, we face them again. Are they going to be any better? Are they going to be more healthy on the offensive line? I'm not sure. I don't, I, not that I'm aware of. Are they going to have more pass catchers? What resources do they have to get those, right? Can I mean, they could trade another first round pick away. Obviously, they don't care about those. But it, it just feels like this was the moment where the 49ers go, all right, this division is ours. As long as we play our game, there isn't a there isn't a team in this division that is can even sniff where we are talent wise, even with what what I would consider decent enough play at the quarterback position, right? Um, you know, John uh, John Chapman of 49ers Rush tweeted out before the game. Who's going to show up tonight? A, good Jimmy. B, bad Jimmy. And I I replied and I said, C, decent enough, Jimmy. And that's exactly who we got. But mm-hmm. that's uh, but that's also all that this team needs with this defense is just for Jimmy Garoppolo to manage the game. You'd like to see him put up more than 17 points, as you pointed out, Al, in the last two games. The offense has scored 27 points total. Mm-hmm. Not great. But at the same time, he start, it feels like he's starting to get his feet underneath him, starting to find some rhythm. Last night's 
offense looked a lot more like a Jimmy Garoppolo designed offense than the offense that they that they rolled out in Denver. And I think I think that had everything to do with transitioning away from what you built for Trey Lance and and trans- transitioning back to what you know for Jimmy Garoppolo. And it showed, you know, they they threw more than I anticipated, but he for the most part was on the money. You know, obviously he missed some throws. That that Debo touchdown, that was all Debo. You know, in the in the postgame presser, he did say, I saw the guy crashing, so I threw high, but I'm also like, but you throw high even when you don't see people crashing. So I'm like, eh, maybe. But regardless, <laughs> he played well enough to win. And and honestly, at this point, that's really all we can ask, right? I, I almost tweeted out Jimmy Garoppolo did exactly what you want your second string quarterback to do. He managed the game and he got the win, right? So hey, kudos to him. Uh, I, I don't really have a whole lot negative to say. Uh, and, and I don't think there is anything negative that should be said, right? Really it's let's focus on the, on the positives. There are some things that need to be worked on, but let's focus on the positives. Uh, and specifically as we have to open the show, that defense is just so fun to watch. Yeah. I, I tweeted out right before it. Cause it's funny. I have a knack for this, just tweeting out something in like either, I'm right on the money or the exact opposite thing happens. So I tweeted out right before Devo's touchdown that this offense is just, it's just really boring right now. They hadn't targeted the Kittle at all. And that's to me. So like, I know that they won and, and I, and I don't want to nitpick at stuff because it was such an impressive win to me. It was a championship level win. Honestly, that's what it felt like. Felt like, you know, 2019 all over again. You're going to hear that a lot from a lot of people this week that it felt like 2019 all over again, but it really did feel like a signature win for this team early on in the season, because now you're alone atop the NFC West with two winnable games coming on the road before KC comes here and you have a a tough little stretch after that. But when it comes down to it, if they could ever figure it out on offense, they would be unbelievable. They would be absolutely unstoppable. And it's another game yet under 20 points. Al, we talked about this last week where, it's been several games now where they have not going back to the playoffs last year where they have not scored 20 points. And I think that if there is one sort of critique I would have, it's, well, you know, the offense just needs to be able to carry their load a little bit more. And once they kind of hit their stride, and this is like a Kyle Shanahan team sort of thing, right? Every year that he's been here, they've started slow with the exception of 2019. And, you know, I feel like that this offense guys need to be able to have reps with each other to be able to gel specifically because they don't play a lot in the preseason anyways. So they, they essentially use like regular season games to get the reps in. So it's not a surprise to me that they're starting slow and I'm not really concerned about it. But Brian, like you said, like this is a Jimmy Garoppolo game. This was like a quintessential Jimmy Garoppolo game where he missed some throws, missed some open guys, made enough throws, didn't make the crucial mistake and managed the game. And, and they didn't, you know, they, they didn't lose as a result. And I think that that's when he's at his best. And there were a couple plays like the, the throw to Kittle, like he had Ayuk open on that play as well, who just absolutely cooked Jalen Ramsey on that play. Oh my goodness. <laughs> fantastic route by him. He yeah, cooked yeah. him. And, you know, he had Kittle open in the back of the end zone too. And that was a fantastic throw to Kittle. So I'm not going to knock him for that. But when it comes down to it, like, you know, I, I hope that they can kind of continue this level of play from the offense because it's good enough to win right now uh, because that defense is, like you said, just lights out. But Al disagrees. I'm going to just, I'm going to allow James. Yeah. Go finish your point though, Zane. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I know that, I know that you're, you, you might disagree, but I think that like, like I said, you're getting Elijah Mitchell back at some point in the season, right? Mm-hmm. You're getting your number one running back back at some point in the season. 
you are getting Trent Williams back at some point this season. And you did this with a Patrick offensive line. Burford exited the game because, I mean, I, I can only assume that free shot that Aaron, Aaron Donald had on Jimmy early on in the game, maybe maybe because of that. I'm not sure what the injury situation with Burford. I don't, I don't know if you guys he came back. He, yeah, came, he played the whole second half. half. Yeah, I think they were just inserting Brunskill a little bit to get him time. Okay, yeah, because yeah, I saw Brunskill come in, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't notice after that. So uh, Aaron Banks was really good. Michael Glitchy had a, sh- a clean sheet for the second straight game. So again, behind a patchwork offensive line, like once they get their all of their guys back, and Kittle wasn't even involved. He had he had a, just a couple of targets, like the most of the most of the time they're run blocking. So once they get that all sorted out, I feel like it'll be a, a better version of what you see now. So it's good enough to win now, but I feel like there's a lot of room for improvement. So go ahead, Al. Yeah, I, I definitely have some different takes on this. But before I do, I want to let you know that support for the No Huddle podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package the ultimate men's hygiene, is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code NOHUDDLE at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 12 million balls. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code NOHUDDLE at manscaped.com. That's 20% free shipping at manscaped.com with the code NOHUDDLE. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Okay, so here's where I'm going to disagree with you guys a little bit here. I will agree on the old line. And we, we kind of talked about this in one of the other shows where like the, the sky's falling with the old line. And then all of a sudden they have backup tackles and they're fine. Like we saw it last year. We saw it in 2019, right? Like they kind of make seem to make it work. The running game is not at its peak right now, but I think overall the, they pass block very well last night. I think they kind of make it work here. Here's my issue. And here's where I'm nervous. And Zane, I think it was a championship level defensive performance offense did everything they could to keep the Rams in the game. And when I'm looking big picture, that worries me. And let me tell you why. Because the Niners had a championship in their grasp in 2019. They were only able to score 20 points in the Super Bowl. They had what I thought would have been another championship in their grasp last year, but they were only able to score 17 points in the NFC Championship game. Going back to last season now, 13 games, going back to last season, including the playoffs, offense only scored, what, 17 points last night they're averaging about 20 points a game. That's just not good enough over the last 13 games. And what last night was to me was Debo's Debo put on your Superman cape. That's all it was. Kyle scripted a really good opening series. They went right down the field. And then after that, it was non-existent again. And you had, you saw some things that are again in a game like this, when the defense plays like this, great, you're okay, but this isn't going to happen every week. We saw it at the, with, in last week, they got tired and they gave up a touchdown. That's going to happen. We saw it against Chicago. There were some plays that happened, the, the broken play. That happens. The offense has to step up. So you have the opening sequence last week, and then you have – it was either a drive or two later. It looked like Jimmy threw to the back – to the outside instead of inside to Warner. That's what it looked like. They miss a big play there. Juwan Jennings is wide open. Jimmy overthrows him. There's your frustration because I thought Kyle called some good plays there. We see – he missed use check as well. He missed use check, yes, down the seam. And I know that yep. quarterbacks miss players every game, but it's kind of sure. kind of constant with this team that we're always seeing it. You have Kyle's conservatism, right? Conservative Kyle, third and one. Jimmy, the one thing I trust Jimmy to do is quarterback sneak, mm-hmm. and you don't do it. And I know, I know, he made a great throw to Kittle. I get it, and Kittle maybe got his foot. Whatever happened there, but then on fourth down and one, two. 
run the ball, quarterback sneak it, like, like go, like put your foot on the gas. So what happens is again, because this offense, other than Debo being Superman, didn't do anything. And then where are we? We are eight point lead with the Rams driving disaster, right? In a game that, that you should have won by 50 points, I felt like. And then when I'm talking about Hufunga, a different kind of player than we've seen makes the game-changing interception for the touchdown. So the defense bailed them out there. But again, that's not always going to happen. At some point, the offense has to make these plays or they're not going to win a championship. And I'm sorry, like, I don't want to go through another season. And I, if, you're, if you're a 49er fan who became a fan after the year 2000, you've known nothing but heartbreak. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to go through this again? Are you kidding me? Yeah. With all the kicks and the balls that they've had in the NFC Championship game, every time they're there, it's or just excruciating. No, this offense needs to get their shit together. I'm sorry. And I, I'm sorry if I know everybody's got good vibes, and I do too. I think this defense can carry them really, really far. The offense has to do their part if they want to be a championship team. I'm sorry. Calling it like it is. They got to do their part. Yeah. Sorry, Brian. I, I have, I, have I just want to re- rebuttal real quick. So, Al, so I think that. The thing is, is that you have to think back to Kyle's tenure here. At what point has the offense ever carried the load for this team? Two thousand nineteen points. That's it. That's it. Maybe we talked about this last show, right? Like, or the last show that I was on, right after the the the, uh, the last win, where they basically uh, carried that that small load when Tart and and uh, Quan Alexander were hurt for those those four to six games in twenty nineteen. That's it. Mm. The rest of the five plus years here, it's been the defense carrying the load. Robert Sala's unit first, and now D'Amico Ryan. So I don't know if the offense will ever be able to consistently carry the load because I don't know if they're built that way. And given the quarterback situation, like, look, like this is not like we have to understand this is not QB one that you're dealing with for the future. Like your QB one is sitting in a in a in a cast in a chair on crutches, right? That's the reality of it, right? You're operating with a placeholder here in every sense of the word. And I know that he's been here for five years and that he should know, but like, this is what it is at this point. He's not going to get any better, right? Like he is what he is at this point. And the, that's the unfortunate reality is that, that there is no other solution other than the defense has to ball out and the offense has to hang on for your life. The, the, the difference I see here that has to happen comes from Kyle and getting guys like George Hill involved where like, I don't know if you guys saw the game on Sunday night where Patrick Mahomes for the entire first half, which is targeting Travis Kelsey over and over and over again. He had eight targets in the first half and caught seven of them. Like Kittle had one, he had one target basically into the third quarter. That was it. And he caught it for 20 yards. Kittle was either run blocking or running clear out routes for Debo all game. That's all he was doing. And when you have your all world tight end doing that, you can't like Brian Baldinger actually said the same thing. He put a tweet out really earlier today, kind of questioning the same thing. Like George Kittle is a fantastic player. He's an all world player you can't have him run blocking and running decoy routes for other people. He mm-hmm. has to be a focus. You have to force feed him the ball. Even if you're giving him little screenplays, little dump offs and that you have to get him involved somehow. And that's where I think the change should be. Like I love Debo getting the ball. I love Ayo getting the ball. Look, there's only one ball to go around, right? Like some guys won't get it, but that to me should be the change. You have to get him involved. You have to get force feed him the ball. If you have to. Here's, here's where I think the issue lies. I think Kyle Shanahan is terrified of Jimmy Garoppolo. I genuinely do. I think Kyle Shanahan is terrified of the turnover that's lurking with Jimmy Garoppolo. And because he's terrified of that, his play calling is incredibly conservative. 
And we see that not only with the, the, the pass plays and the, and the, and the run, you know, the run ratio, right. Which, although last night they did throw more than they ran. And I think part of that is because he also recognizes that his run game is not where he wants it to be right now. Although that Jeff Wilson touchdown, if you there's a on Twitter, you can find it. There is a, a video of from behind the line of scrimmage of that run. And it's straight up a work of art. Like you watch that blocking and the timing and the execution. And, and I, I quote tweeted that and I said, look, passes are great and all, but this is, this is aesthetically beautiful. Like it is so a, a well-blocked, zone run scheme is aesthetically beautiful it looks incredible the way that the the timing works and everything so i think that part of why we see these 17 points 20 points less than 20 points is because he's Kyle Shanahan is straight up terrified that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to turn the ball over because that is what he has experienced over the course of Jimmy Garoppolo's career. As Al tweeted out, uh, was it last week or the week before? Jimmy Garoppolo has more turnovers than games started as a 49ers quarterback, if you include interceptions and fumbles lost. That is a death knell for, for any team, right? If you lose the turnover battle, you're pretty much cooked. And so I think the issue lies in his his desire to to keep the game out of Jimmy Garoppolo's hands. And so I don't know what that looks like moving forward. And, and to me, like you said, Al, you got to go for it on that fourth down. Like Mm -hmm. I know I, I understand both sides, right? If, if you kick the field goal, you go up by eight, you trust your defense, right? I think it says you trust your defense more by going for it because what you're saying is, Nope, sorry. Like you're not going 99 on us. There's no mm-hmm. way. Now I ha- I said that, and someone replied, a, a buddy of mine who's a who's a, a a football coach, and and he said, well, what if Jimmy throws a pick six? And I'm like, no, I'm not saying throw it. I wouldn't I wouldn't throw it on fourth down, right? But you've got to step on their necks at that point, and you've got to you've you've got to end the game right there. You've got to snatch yep. their soul, like your defense has been doing all game, but you're too conservative and i think you're too conservative because you're so damn afraid of the guy under center and 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 the turnover waiting to happen and so my question is is kyle shanahan going to get over that right because there's a difference between throwing or turning the ball over but also you know throwing for two touchdowns right if you're throwing for two and giving one away that's better, right? But Jimmy Garoppolo's touchdown to interception ratio is 1.6 to 1, which is essentially saying for every touchdown he throws, he's throwing an interception. That's not going to cut it, right? Which is why they went away from him. But this is who you have for the season. You've got nothing else. So you you got to figure it out because, like you said, Al, a broken coverage, and all of a sudden you lose that game. And it's like, how did we lose this game when our defense was all world. Well, we did it because our offense is too scared to 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 throw the ball and try and put up points. Yeah, I thought Zane, I thought you made a good point about Kelsey. You know, and I feel like there's a lot of excuses that go around for Kittle, or not a lot, but you see some. Bottom line is he's one of your best players and you give the ball to one of your best players. Kittle is, you know, in between the 20s, Kittle's amazing. And mm-hmm. last eight games now, 21 catches for 220 yards. 
you know, I understand he's going to block sometimes. That doesn't mean you can't design plays for him. That doesn't mean you can't get him involved that, you know, so I, you know, I, I, I do think that has to change. And if they were scoring 30 points a game and he wasn't getting the ball, you say, well, all right, you know, other guys are maybe coming up or whatever, but again, they're not, they're not scoring. It's been a problem. If they're going to take that next step, they need to start doing that. So it's definitely something to critique and talk about for sure. Do you want to talk though about Debo as we, you know, I'm, don't have a ton of time here left. And I feel like we, we need to give this guy his due because I cannot remember a 49ers player who just carries the team on offense like he's doing. So he came into last night with 12 catches for 131 yards receiving wise. Okay. And we talked last week that he could have had 220 yards on a couple of, if he, if he was hit on a couple of those passes against Denver. So I don't feel the numbers really did justice to what he, he was still doing on the field. And last night he goes six for one fifteen and, and one touchdown. You know, just we're just talking receiving here. He now has four career games with over a hundred yards after the catch. And last night was another one. So you have six catches for 115 yards and a hundred of those are after the catch. You know, it just basically tells you they're just giving him the ball and saying, Here, go do it. And this was a game again, if he didn't put the Superman cape on on that fifty seven yard touchdown screen, or or it wasn't a screen, it was a short, what was it, about a ten yard pass, maybe. Um, the Niners might not win this game. So we saw it with him last year where he just put the team on his back and he's doing it again. And I just think it, it, you have to give it credit. It never ceases to amaze me. The guy's unbelievable. And he is just putting this team on his back. It's Debo and the D Debo and the defense. That's what it is. Um, there that defense is carrying the ball and Debo Debo is carrying the offense. And it's, it's just, it's been incredible to watch. 78% of, I would say 78% of Jimmy Garoppolo's yards last night uh, were accounted for in yards after the catch. Um, one quick one, one quick stat for you guys about turnovers. Uh, so Matthew Stafford has turned the ball over now uh, 26 times in 23 games by being with uh, the, the Rams. So uh, I think that, and, and the, you could say the offset of that is like he's, he threw 40 touchdowns last year. I mean, it's because his coach lets him throw, right? Lets him throw through it. So I think that, there's the, the idea that Cal has to figure it out. I think that that, that is a valid sort of thing, but getting to Debo. So I, there are very few people that are better in this league with the ball in their hands. And I think that Debo, he kind of mentioned after the game, he doesn't care if he's running the ball or, or catching the ball. He treats everything like, like a rushing play. Right. And that's how he avoids defenders. And the highlight play that he had obviously was, was, you know, that long touchdown where he plucked it out of the air and essentially like undressed the Rams defense. But if you look at the rest of that play, George Kittle flattens two guys out there in the middle of the field, and Debo makes Ramsey miss. Ayuk has the last block at the goal line where he basically pancakes the DB. I mean, it was just the team rallying together, and that's what this team is, right? Like, they they look for guys that will do their job, and I think that it's not just, you know, Debo and the defense. To me, I think it's it's a whole team effort, right? Like, the offensive line was able to – give the quarterback time to throw like they had a mostly clean sheet yesterday the uh, the player the role players that are that are throwing blocks down the field like it's not just a couple of guys i feel like you know debo and, and these guys are getting the attention because they're the ones making the plays but like go back and look at that replay and the entire team is rallying down the field it's fantastic to see because if, if they don't do that then he doesn't score so not to take anything away from debo because like he's like i said he's one of my two favorite players on the team this year but just a, a fantastic team effort play and those short little dump offs to him, Al. I think it's it's because Kyle realizes that the running game is just not working, and those little dump offs essentially are, are five yard little bubble screen plays or acting as as running plays for them, right? And 
that'll work for like a, a game or two or three. But I think that hopefully, you know, as, as they get healthier at the running back position, they can kind of figure that out. But yeah. I mean, Debo, all world, unbelievable player, unbelievable play. They be, where would they be without him right now? Maybe dead. But it's not only the run though. It's also, it's third and 10 and third and 12. And you're just trying to give yourself room and he's, he's getting 30 yard gains. He's scoring. Him, yeah. yeah. It's what he's doing is, is nothing short of amazing. And, and if he was not there, I shudder to think what this offense would be because they're not doing much else without him. So yeah, they they converted a, another third and long later on in the game with the, that preceded the goal, missed field goal. It was like third and twelve, and Debo converted that right. Like it's just they're just these plays that are just like oh ho hum now that are are if you're like a fan from another team, you're, you look at this guy. We're used to it, so it's like oh wow, just another day at the office, right? But if you're a fan from another team, number one, it must be so frustrating because this guy is just killing you. And number two, like you must be like, wow, I want my own Debo Samuel because he can literally do it all. Hey, I gotta, I have to break in here. Al Sacco, Aaron Judge just hit sixty-two. I know. I'm, wa- I'm watching it on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Congratulations. Yeah. There Congratulations, it is. Al. That's Current awesome. New York Yankee. Hopefully, never future Samuel. Future Giant. Future Giant Aaron Judge. Sixty-two home runs. I say they actually showed Judge uh, on NFL Live today because they broke in in the first game. It was the ninth inning, and uh, I was watching NFL Live on ESPN, and they broke in, and then he grounded out to short. But they they then showed clips of him playing uh, high school football at Linden, uh, a high school here in Northern California. Um, but yeah, he was like six six four out there. But uh, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the, again, like you said, Zane. The, the the running game is not there. And and I don't I mean, I don't know what Jordan Mason did to Kyle Shanahan. I don't know if he kicked his dog. I don't know if, you know, he, you know, wrote something nasty about him in the, you know, in the locker room or whatever. But for whatever reason, that guy just cannot even get a sniff on the field. Um, and so I'm not sure what's what's going on there, but it, it feels like he's Shanahan is like, I, all I have is Jeff Wilson right now. And then I've got Debo. And so, yeah, those, those bubble screens, uh, those wide receiver screens are just an extension of the run game. And it's just getting the ball into your playmaker's hands. And there isn't arguably a better uh, open field runner with the ball in his hands than Debo Samuel, not just because he's fast and shifty. He's fast. He's not, his long speed isn't, you know, incredible, but his quickness and his, and his just ability to take punishment Jalen Ramsey made a business decision on that Debo touchdown. And, and, and I mean, it was the right business decision, but it was the wrong uh, image decision because he looked like a clown. Uh, And then my favorite part is if, if, again, if you go on Twitter, uh, there's video of, of that play from, uh, I think from the stands, but behind the play, and you can actually see Mike McGlinchey trailing the play. And then he, and then he sees Debo score and he runs over to Jalen Ramsey and you can tell he just talks shit to Jalen Ramsey and then Jalen Ramsey right. pushes him and then McGlinchey just keeps running. And I was like, way to go, Mike. I love it. I love it. But, <laughs> but yeah, he, he clowned, he clowned Jalen Ramsey. Um, and, and he does that almost every game, right? He just runs through, he ran through Bobby Wagner. He ran right through Bobby Wagner's face, almost scored a touchdown on that. Right. So he's just unafraid with the ball in his hands and, in that game, he got up to almost 21 miles an hour, which I believe is the first time uh, that uh, a 49er runner uh, got past 20. Jeff Wilson also got 20. 
uh, on his touchdown, but Talanoa Hufunga got up to 21 on his interception return, which I thought was interesting because the big knock on him was his speed, right? And he even said it in his post-game press conference. He's like, I actually thought Stafford was going to get me. And he's like, that's where my 40 time kind of hurts me. And then it's like, well, no, you you got up to 21 miles an hour. Like, you can't really expect anything more than that. But Debo is going to continue to carry this offense until this offense can either get its running game going to open up the pass game uh, or until Kyle Shanahan finally uh, lets go or, or loosens the reins a little bit and opens up the playbook a little bit more and allows Jimmy Garoppolo to to to, to make plays downfield, regardless of whether he's afraid he's going to throw an interception or not. But this offense isn't going to do anything until until those things happen. There is no reason that Charlie Werner should get more targets than George Kittle. There's no reason. There's zero reason. So there's one comment about uh, the running game not there because people don't fear Jimmy. Well, yes and no. So they've been running against stacked boxes for five years now. They've, they're used to it, and they've had success doing it. The running game isn't there right now because you're missing the best left tackle in the NFL and Hall of Fame left tackle, and your first your, your number one running back who has the speed to be able to turn some of these five, six-yard gains into 20-yard gains. And that is that is the crux of it, really. That, those, those two things right there. And on top of that, you have three of the, the five offensive line positions that are basically either new or uh, returning from injury. So that is what is plaguing the running game right now. And yes, they're stacking the box against Jimmy Garoppolo. That doesn't help. But really, they're, they've seen this for the last four plus years with him at quarterback. So, and they've been able to be successful at it. So I, you know, I don't buy that like, that's the only reason. It is a reason, but it's not the only reason. So anyways, guys, this, this, was a, this was a fun win. It was really fun to watch. I really enjoyed it. Honestly, they should have won by more because Gold missed the field goal and they should have gone for it for the touchdown. So essentially, that's seven more points that are that are left on the table. This this would not have even been a cl- as close of a game as it was. It was it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I did not expect a blowout. I definitely did not. So that yeah. was that was a, a pleasant surprise. And uh, you know what? The other thing that happened this week that uh, might help that running game is that Bobby Turner came back. Right, running back coach Bobby Bobby yep. Turner came back. And so my thought is possibly what that allows is for um, uh, Anthony Lynn to spend a little bit more time really kind of game planning the running game as opposed to being the running backs coach. And then I imagine Bobby Turner has some say in the, in the running game as well. So it's starting to get better, right? I think they're, they're figuring out what they can and cannot do with the guys that they have in that room right now. And they're starting to figure it out. And Jimmy's starting to get his feet under him. I think we're going to start to see better offensive performances. Um, We're coming up against some defenses that aren't, great although phil snow and carolina does does run a pretty interesting interesting uh defense there um but they play carolina after that i mean sorry they play atlanta after that and then uh kansas city and then they they see the rams again so uh i i think it's going to get going but man like you said al this we can't we can't dream super bowl we can dream super bowl with this defense we can't dream super bowl with this offense just yet yeah and we'll see like there's a couple winnable games coming up for sure. And then it gets a little dicey as well with Kansas city and with the Rams again, which be, you know, be a tough game the second time you're playing them. But you know, for right now, for this week, anyway, definitely good vibes. We'll get into in our late show later this week, more about this Carolina game, what the Niners need to do, what they're walking into against the Panthers and where we think they're going to go in terms of, are they going to win this game? Probably, but we'll talk about it. So until then for Brian and Zane, this is out. Peace.
Later.